Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. We're back with our special sub-series, Designing the Purpose-Driven Workplace, powered by Performa. So I get to co-host with Brian Netzel again today. Yay. Brian, I'd love for you to introduce our guest who leads the company where you got to experience one of your most meaningful projects in your career. So Brian, I know you can do a powerful introduction for our guest today. Take it away. Thanks, Nikki. I'd love to introduce you all to Steve McCarthy from Curative Connections client that really uh, interesting way uh, was led to, to us, Performa, and me, uh, based off of 32 years of doing this, you know, you get to know so many people, and uh, Steve's company is a part of a, our, what we would call our faith and mission-based studio or market, and they, I got a call from two, of, two, other, two other great leaders that I know, Scott King and Tom Gothier, that sit on the board of directors at Curative and, and call and say, hey, Brian, I think that this is a is a great um, opportunity for you all to help um, in a very dated aging facility with a great, great company that occupies the inside. So I, I got the opportunity to go out a couple weeks later and meet with Steve and talk about, you know, giving purpose the space to thrive. When I walked into the first the facility as it was uh, 1970s building, uh, and Steve will get into what they do, what is super special to, to us and to our community. I was just uh, floored by how institutional this building was. It, it just shocked me. And until I got past the building aspect and I talked to the first receptionist and she greeted me warmly and Steve came out the door and greeted me, I knew that there was something special there that could be captivated with the building. I just needed to find out more about the purpose of what Curative Connections is all about. And I'll tell you that journey has been inspirational. Uh, I'll follow up later in the podcast of why, but uh, I would love for uh, you all to meet Stephen McCarthy, Curative Connections, just a really a special company that does great things in our community. Thanks, Brian. And hello, Steve. So great to be with you today. And I hear you are really big on personal development and values. Um, those are at the top of the list. So to kick off, I'd love to hear you share your mindset around leadership development and how it applies to your daily efforts. I would say that my mindset around leadership development is really attached very closely to our organizational values. I have always thought that a leader really must, uh, in all of his or her actions and interactions, model the organization's values. That's something that you just have to be mindful about. Uh, whatever your organization's values are, you want to make sure that in order to strengthen the organization's culture, that that's what you're doing. Whether it's uh, warmly greeting somebody like Brian Netzel, who I'd not uh, met before when he came out to visit Curative Connections, in a way that reflects our organization's values around uh, compassion, empathy, uh, respect, honesty, and trust, that, that he felt that in those interactions with me. And so I tell all of the people that, that, uh, who, re who report to me that they can expect that from me, that whatever action and um, interaction they, they have with me or see from me, that those, those values need to be modeled. And, and I encourage them, if they don't see that, if there seems to be a disconnect, 
than to let's talk about this. But I, I expect everybody to be on that same journey uh, as me, which is to say, thinking about your own leadership and in, uh, in terms of values and how you are reflecting those values and all of your actions and interactions. So Steve, break this down just, just a little bit for us. What does it mean when you say lead with values? I'm always um, mindful of uh, something that I saw in a grade school for one of my girls when, when, I, when they were young and I went in for a parent-teacher conference. On the wall was this um, quote that's attributed to a Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu, and it's, it goes like this. It's, it's, watch your thoughts for they become your words. Watch your words for they become your actions. Watch your actions for they become your habits. Watch your habits for they become your character and watch your character for it becomes your destiny. So I think about that. The first thing that you have to get right in order to lead with values is what's going on behind your eyes. You have to be mindful about uh, what your thoughts are. And are those thoughts, are your thinking patterns ones that reflect all the very best in the organization's values and what the community expects of you? So if you have a mindset around compassion and empathy and honesty, respect and trust, if you are being intentional about driving out thoughts that do not comport with those values, uh, that, that is how you get to a place where you're leading with values. And people see that. You know, people are smart. They can see and sense when, when people are not sincere about how they are leading with or without values. And so I, I just think it's so important to just always be mindful what's what's happening in your own head. Um, when when Curative interacts with folks in the community, with, with caregivers, for example, they talk about uh, their loved one's experience with uh, Curative Connections. And they say, gosh, mom loves coming to Curative Connections. She loves being there. Uh, what they're really talking about is our organizational culture, and that's how they experience us. And so in order to, to uh, reinforce the experience that people have here, whether you're uh, a, a client or a caregiver or an employee, you know, I expect leaders to always uh, act in ways that reflect those values. So good. And we're going to deep dive today on values-based leadership with you because you're, you're living it throughout the organization at Curative Connections. But you shared with me in a previous conversation something that I want to touch on, and that is connecting on an emotional level is a priority for you and something you work at regularly within your organization, your people, your customers. Illustrate how you do this. I come from a small town in northern Illinois. It was a farming community, just a lot of hardworking uh, people, uh, one of uh, five brothers uh, in the McCarthy family. This is not something that, that came natural for me to connect with people on an emotional level. You just, you know, you worked hard and, and uh, did your job. And, and if you had an emotional thought, it was not something that was really at the forefront. It took me uh, uh, quite a while in my career to realize that it is really important to connect with people at an emotional level. And so what does that mean? So again, I go back to what I said about, you know, watch your thoughts. You have to be intentional about caring about other people and uh, valuing what's happening in their own lives. Get outside your own head. As a leader, you have to have those kinds of connections. And I'll talk about why that's important here in a minute, but I just want to talk about how I do that. Being genuinely interested in, in somebody, uh, not just their work lives, but their personal lives. You know, we all come to work with stuff that happens outside the workplace. When you see somebody in the workplace, it's just one small portion of them. They might be dealing with, say, an aging parent at home, uh, somebody who is showing signs of dementia, 
Uh, they might have a child who's having some struggles in school. They might have a child who's going off to college for the first time. Somebody might be going through a divorce. It might be a, a baby's first birthday. Maybe somebody uh, lost a, a pregnancy. So these are all kinds of things that people bring with them to the, to the workforce when, when they come into this space. You have to be mindful of that. You have to have compassion about uh, what's happening with them. And, and I think in order for folks to allow you in that space, you have to first show and be honest about the, your own stuff that you're bringing into the workplace. Uh, you have to be willing to share your own vulnerabilities with people. I think uh, Brene Brown just had a really powerful uh, message about um, showing your own vulnerabilities. And as a leader, you know, I think growing up uh, in some of the old movies and maybe te television series we saw, leaders don't show emotions. They don't show vulnerabilities. You know, that, that's really not correct. I don't know if it was ever correct, but I, especially today, I think leaders who are viewed as honest and people that you can respect are the ones that you can really relate to in, in a, a way that, that uh, is, is honest and is truthful about uh, their own uh, vulnerabilities. So I think, you know, as a leader, it's just uh, vital to connect with folks at that emotional level. And you do that by showing your own vulnerabilities and sharing with folks and being honest about that. I will say, you know, I was honest about uh, something uh, bad that happened to one of my, my daughters in college. And I know that had an effect on uh, my work in this workspace. And so I, I shared that with them and, and uh, people uh, appreciated that. And I just, I just know that it uh, deepens deepens the kinds of uh, leadership relationships we have in this organization. So important. Emotional connection as a practice of leadership directly impacts how we humanize the workplace. And I'd love for you to just elaborate a little bit on how you see that impact culture, you know, inside of your organization, but just speaking to leaders out there that are like, this is kind of new to me and I'm, I'm a little inspired. Like, how does it then directly impact your culture and, you know, your overall, you know, organization when this is something that's practiced? I think in a lot of organizations, um, you know, you have the staff who are doing the work in the programs, and then you have administrative staff. And in, in Curative's history, they, they used to call it the program division and the administrative services division. So one of the things we did was to get rid of the language around division. You know, we're all one organization supporting one another and, and uh, trying, to, trying to live out our, our mission and values uh, every day. I think in order to overcome some of those divisions, people have to see one another as full human beings. And that, again, uh, that just means as, as leaders in the organization, uh, in, in the administrative portion of what we do for the community, uh, just connecting with, uh, with the program staff at that emotional level and showing what your vulnerabilities, being honest about some of maybe the indecisions you might have or anxieties you might have. I would say during this pandemic, it has been especially important to be honest about that and message around that. For so many organizations and individuals, uh, it was a really trying time. We had staff uh, who were dealing with with uh, not just childcare issues, but school issues. There are just a lot of flexibilities you have to have and a lot of allowances you have to, to give to employees as they try to navigate all of those challenges uh, during, during these challenging times. A uh, pandemic is just one example of a difficulty that, that people experience, but being honest about that, talking about that, and relating your own experience with it, uh, that just is a, a way to engender those kinds of, of um, 
I don't know, meaningful connections that we have in the workspace. And, you know, I, I just don't like the idea of, of having a perception uh, from employees that administrative staff, organizational leaders are up on a pedestal. We're, we're all equal. We're all one another. We have these roles, these positions that we're in. I myself am privileged and honored to be in this role. I don't look at, at uh, my role as uh, being any less important or me being any less important to the mission uh, in, in the services in the community than a direct care staff person doing the day-to-day -day, uh, work with uh, somebody with dementia, for example. Thank you for sharing that. And we're headed back to values because you're really here to mentor us on on what you've learned around that and how you've implemented it. But I just want to make clear that, you know, the emotional connection or that emotionally charged culture in a, in a positive sense, right, makes these values stick because when you have that open humanized connection with people, this is where, you know, that authentic ability to make our values in our workplace get lived out. Cause if someone's stuck and they're like, I don't understand, they're going to say that because you have that type of a relationship. And so just bridging those, I just think it's so important to touch on that. Cause I, I know that this is something that you practice and, and is just core to you. So Steve, how do you see the values at Curative Connections show up or get lived out by your employees? Give us some examples. One of the philosophies that we live out here uh, at Curative Connections, it's called the culture of gentleness. And we have, I'll talk a little bit more about what that is, but I just want to first say that one of our staff is an internationally certified uh, trainer and mentor for cultures of gentleness. And gentle teaching is just simply a way of being with another person in uh, such that the way that they experience you, they feel safe uh, and loved by you. Uh, and so that is that is something that is one of our, uh, I don't know, central to how we do things and how we frame up what we do for people in the community. If you're somebody with a brain injury, let's say you've just gotten in a, in a horrible accident, you get your metal stu medical stuff taken care of, you're stabilized, but then you've got that long-term road to recovery. If you're somebody with dementia, um, you've got a, a particular kind of journey ahead of you. We know where it's going to end. Caregivers know where it's going to end. In those moments, and so many others here at Curative Connections, people have to feel safe when they are with you. Uh, they have to feel valued when they are with you. And so there, there just can't be any question about that, how people experience us when, when they're in those difficult moments. So th just uh, the value of uh, helping people feel safe and loved, you know, that, that's critical to what we do. But you know, as I said earlier, people can, can sense when it's not sincere. So that's really a, a very uh, personal journey that we ask people to go on when they're in those roles here with us. And, and it's, it's uh, true of all of the leaders here at Curative Connections as well to go on that journey of understanding and being mindful about what's in your mind to deepening in an intentional way your sense of compassion and empathy to really try to understand where people's life journeys are and what they are experiencing. If, if you're not intentional about that, you're, you're not going to deepen the, the way that people experience you in terms of feeling safe and loved by you. So that, that to me is probably the most important and, and most visible way that, that, that we can see the values uh, showing up uh, uh, in the workspace and, and being lived out uh, by our employees. I would distinguish between acts of kindness versus compassion. I think in the course of our day-to-day -day lives, we have many opportunities to be kind. If you pull up at a stop sign and, and uh, you wave with a warm smile at the other person to go through first. If you're in the grocery store, you've got your mask on and you 
you get to let somebody else go ahead of you in the line. Those are nice acts of kindness. But what is behind that, that kindness, behind those acts, is first a, a sense of compassion and caring and love for that person. And so it's that compassion that we're trying to deepen so that those, those acts of kindness, they seem really and are very natural and automatic in those moments. So Steve, what have you and your leadership team learned about how to incorporate your values into your employee engagement initiatives? Whenever uh, we, we have uh, an opportunity to do an orientation, and we do, we do have these uh, regularly scheduled at least once per month. Uh, for new employees, there there really is that opportunity to engage with them early uh, in their employment careers here. And the messages that we have, it really starts with our mission and vision and values. If you were to go uh, to Curative Connections website on our landing page, front and center are our mission, our vision, and our values. And and I, I just make it very clear that the most important thing that any of us do, and we're going to do lots of important things during the course of our day-to-day operations here and, and, and doing things, but how we do them is the most important and how we do that in ways that honor our mission and, and our commitment to the community is by acting in ways that reflect those values. So our values statement is that we're a mission-driven and values-focused organization that supports a culture of gentleness. And we talk about those values of compassion, empathy, fairness, honesty, respect, and trust. So I talk about being committed to those values and striving to re- reflect them in all of my own personal actions and interactions with them and everybody else. And I say, I really want them to do that as well, to go on that journey and be really intentional and deepen your ability to do that. Uh, that that's one way. And just talking about that early on when, when folks are onboarded. Other staff talk about our culture of gentleness and really introduce them to that and get them on that that journey as well. Whenever I communicate in messages to staff, uh, and, and uh, that's the most efficient way, it's not the, the, the preferred way, preferred way to being with people or communicating with people is actually doing that when in person with them. But email is, is the next best thing. But I always end my emails with this statement. Uh, I say that I'm grateful for everything that they do to live out curative connections, mission and values to the people we serve and for one another. And that one another bit is so important because it, it has to do with, with that organization's culture. And I invite folks to be ambassadors and spreaders of that good organizational culture. I think that resonates with people. Talking with folks, um, I, I've got two young adult daughters, um, one of whom has just recently started her career and she talks about how the organization that she's with and their values really resonate with her in, in that uh, she she was not expecting that uh, when she started her first uh, uh, professional job in the workplace. And I think that that's true of people of that generation and, and perhaps even all generations in, in just being engaged at a values level and, and putting um, the values in the context for their day-to-day work. So let's talk about your workspace and well if the way you mentor and share stories is any indicator of your space, I'm predicting a very warm, compassionate, and inviting place. You went on a big intentional journey to create your new space and intersecting with just impacting employee engagement. I want to start with how has that change in your workspace changed how your employees connect? Brian hit, hit the nail right on the head um, when he first walked in. Yeah, it was. it's like a time capsule. It was like a time ca- capsule back to the 1970s. And it had that institutional feel to it. And there was that disconnect between the space 
and what happened in those spaces. There, there's magic that happens in the spaces if, if you're a caregiver or a client. And so, I don't know, uh, I could even say when I first um, considered employment with Curative Connections, when I was being recruited for this role back in 2012, I walked into the building and I thought to myself, hmm, there is an opportunity for a capital campaign that will result in a, a remodel here at some point in the organization's near-term future. We were just lucky enough to be connected with with Brian and uh, his team at Performa to accomplish something really special and really beautiful for the community. Formerly, it was a space that was fairly chopped up. There were lots of walls and additions that had been added with maybe not very much thought to the impact on the organization's culture and how people felt about being in that space. When Brian's team looked at the opportunity there, they realized that we could make the spaces much larger and not as chopped up. They realized we could brighten the space and have a lot more visibility and interactions with the outdoor space that which we would also beautify. We could make the 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 front entrance to the building more obvious because there were several entrances that you could come into potentially the building, but no obvious main entrance. We made an obvious main entrance and our goal with that main entrance was to create sort of a wow effect. And I can honestly say, I, I saw people literally walk in for the first time and say, wow. And these are people who maybe had been in, in that space for uh, one reason or another, whether it was a client or a caregiver or family member or a board member. I literally saw one person, walk, a longtime board member, walk in. He said, wow. He had to walk back outside the building, look at the name on the building to make sure he was in the right place. And so when you walk in, you're warmly greeted by a receptionist. There is a fireplace that's on all the time. You can sit and, and wait for your appointment, visit with other people there. You can take a look at our history wall, which is a really attractive, almost a piece of art that talks about the, the organization's history. You can get a view to our lovely courtyard that has wonderful landscaping back in there. Um, you can read through some informational materials about the organization that are attractively designed. But it's a space that was designed by Performa to help you feel warmly invited once you walk in. And I would say that the team hit it out of the ballpark there. Um, if you look at our walls, there's branding messaging uh, on our walls that speak to our organization's values. On uh, other areas of our wall is, is our tagline for the organization, which is uh, empathy, experience, and empowerment. Uh, we have huddle rooms for small groups of staff to meet with, with maybe with clients, with other team members. Those sorts of spaces foster connectedness. They foster uh, team building. They facilitate the kinds of communications and crucial communications you want to have when, when you're providing services to the community. Uh, if you walk in uh, for the first time, I mean, you, you might not realize the transformation, but you can appreciate the fact that this is a really nice looking and modern space. I can feel really good about my loved one being here for services. I have no question but that they're in a good place. Prior to that, it, we had to overcome the way that the, the facility looked for people to get those services. Once they were in the, in the program spaces, they were delighted with what uh, was happening in those program spaces, but it was an obstacle to be overcome. Now it is a, a strength that we can build on. 
Incredible. And my prediction sounds spot on with what you then just described, just in, in how um, I'm picking up on just your leadership and what it would be like to walk in those doors. Sounds lovely. And I can't wait to visit. So Steve, can you share some examples of how the new space has advanced your mission and core values? Like you mentioned, fostering connection, fostering team building. So, you know, the, the new space versus the old, we do things like this, you know, to really live out this, our core values and mission. Can you give some examples? So we're able to get together now in in, in spaces that we can feel good about and, and, and spread out in. Certainly the, the space was not designed with a pandemic in mind, but the fact that we have much larger uh, spaces to interact in, and, and I should also uh, add this as well, all of the, the, the this remodel that opened the space up, we did not add uh, any new square feet to, to the building's footprint, maybe just a little bit on, on that main entrance, but uh, it was just a, a much smarter redesign. So, so the way that we're able to be with one another in those spaces, we, we have access to all of our technology, all of our working documents through, through the, the technology enhancements that we did that the space facilitated. People just feel much better about the, the spaces that they occupy. They don't have to, I guess, uh, over time, long-term staff got used to the, to the, to the, to the space and, and how, how it felt and looked like the 1970s. I, I suppose, you know, that that old statement about the frog in hot water being slowly boiled uh, came to apply here. People just got used to, to the, the tired space that they were in. Uh, but now uh, it's a recruitment uh, opportunity here for us. People uh, really choose us uh, because they see this as a, a great place in, in which to work, in which they feel valued. Uh, and also just the culture that, that gets reinforced by this new space and, and all of the branding messaging that we have uh, within our space. That is one way that we're able to uh, advance our, our mission and core values. The other way, again, is just the, the fact that, that uh, we don't have to overcome the way that the building looks for people to choose to use our services. At the end of 2019, before the pandemic hit, we had a record number of people that we were serving here at Curative Connections. And we we're already starting to worry about, gosh, we're going to run out of space here before we thought in terms of services here to the community. So again, so that, that just reflects uh, the, the commitment that we have to the community and uh, this, this beautiful space that we're in that the Brian's team design has, has facilitated that. Steve, thank you so much for sharing so much good. And I want to turn it over to Brian. Brian, talk about the uniqueness of working with Curative Connections and the impact it had on you and the Performa team, especially tied to the mission, your mission, giving purpose the space to thrive. I, I'll just uh, put some icing on the cake because, Steve, uh, thank you for all the nice words about um, the space and, and, and what you all do in that space. But I would say at the core of what we do, our mission is to understand an organization's why. The how and the what are always super simple, right? It's functions. We do this. We do that. But why do you do that? Because if we can root the ultimate solution around the why, I think it's super authentic and, and ultimately the strongest problem solved. So if you look at just their mission, vision, and values in our first initial kickoff or seek when we get together, we spent the whole day trying to understand their why, right? And tied it to that. And, and I think that that's manifested through the architecture, but also just how, how they function, right? We, we, the team cared about um, the functional issues that were part of the design. You know, did the restrooms, did we have compassion when we laid out the restrooms? Do people know that when they have to 
care for a loved one in a restroom that they have to have more space. So what I loved about it was being able to see our staff take our design process, find out the why, and anchor it into the how and the what they do. And I think we also have very, very similar values, two of which. So if, if we have our values are curiosity, honorable, optimistic, and creative, two of those are huge matches, Nikki, to what uh, Curative does. And I would say optimistic. Those people that use that facility every day, from the people that are being cared for to the caregivers, talk about optimism. That was just profound in personally very moving experience to me because you can see compassion you can see empathy you can see optimism and quite honestly it's wrapped in love super powerful organization that means a lot to us incredibly meaningful work that both of your organizations get to do and then the intersection is just some magic so it's been really fun to illustrate that on this show today and just so so much good shared okay guys we're gonna head right into the lightning round to learn a little bit more about the personal side of steve mccarthy and brian let's tag team on these few questions and i'll start and you go next so uh steve what is your favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read you know, I don't know if I have a favorite one of all time, but I uh, recently reread Life 3.0 by Max uh, Tegmark. Uh, and then uh, another really big one that I put up there is The Order of Time by Carlo Rovelli. Two really uh, intriguing books that I encourage everybody to take a look at. It, it, it doesn't focus so much on leadership, uh, but they're, they're both uh, terrifically interesting reads. Steve, what is your favorite hobby when you're not working? <laughs> You know, you know, reading is a big one. I will say uh, cooking, uh, traveling, you know, those, those are things. It's a big world in a short life, I would say. But I also enjoy thinking about projects that are going to be beneficial in some way, either for, for my family personally or for the communities that I'm in. And then uh, developing plans to execute on, on uh, those projects. Those are gratifying things for me. And what is your favorite vacation spot? It's a big world. I've been to a lot of places in the world, uh, but I would say just something right here in the Midwest, the North Shore of Lake Superior is just lovely. The Boundary Water Canoe area, those are two just uh, shining, beautiful areas that are pretty far off the beaten path for most folks, but they're worth getting to. Steve, how can listeners connect with you after this show? I do have a, a Twitter presence, but I'm not there very much. But I'd say the best way to connect with me is through LinkedIn. Um, I, I do connect with a lot of folks that way. So, so find me on LinkedIn, send me a message, then we'll just uh, start a conversation. Steve, Brian, wonderful conversation with you today. So many great takeaways. Thank you. Here's my truth you can act on for today's Gut Plus Science episode. Number one, how are your values showing up in your behavior as a leader? I thought of a reflection exercise for this. Write down your values, look at them on paper, and then reflect on your past week. How have you illustrated those values in your efforts? I think that exercise will tell us a lot. Number two, emotional connection humanizes the workplace. Think about ways to spend more time connecting on an emotional level with your people this week. And your workspace should give your purpose the space to thrive. Is it though? 
I know Steve can provide a lot of mentorship on his experience with this and Brian, that's his expertise. So reach out to Brian or Performa if they can help you on that journey of making your workspace a place where your purpose thrives. All right. We'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.